From the red and black, this is the front page. Today is Friday, March 19th, and in this week's episode, we'll discuss some stories in this month's A Year in COVID-19 March paper issue. We will hear about how the pandemic has affected the unhoused community and the growth of anti-Asian sentiment over the course of the pandemic. And starting us off is breaking news reporter Sydney Dangermond to explain how the pandemic has affected the unhoused community in Athens. Thanks so much for joining, Sydney. Thanks for having me. So can you kind of start us off by talking about what challenges have homeless shelters and other community organizations faced over the past year? Yeah, so the challenges can be summed up by a lack of guidance, capacity, and resources. So looking all the way back to March 2020, when everything began shutting down, shelters like Bigger Vision of Athens and Sparrow's Nest didn't have any guidance from the CDC for how to operate safely. According to Deborah Shaw Hess, the board president of Bigger Vision, it took about a month before shelter guidelines were available. And so during that entire time, Bigger Vision and their 34 beds were unavailable to the people who needed them. When they did reopen in April, their capacity was cut in half. So they went from 34 to only 17 beds. So they were turning away more individuals than they had before. And on top of all of this, they were also struggling to make ends meet financially. Until the last couple of months, both of these organizations were subsisting only on donations and had yet to receive any financial support from the local, state, or federal government. When I spoke to them, they said that they had been so pleasantly surprised by the incredible support they've received from the community, but that they definitely needed new sources of funding in order to continue serving the unhoused in Athens. What kind of help do the unhoused community and support organizations need in order to continue serving those in the community? So really what they need is more funding and more resources for the unhoused community. So that can come in the form of money and temporary housing for some of these individuals. Um, and that can come from any level of government, from individual donations. So I talked to Mayor Kelly Gertz and he mentioned that the American Rescue Plan that was just passed is going to send something like $60 million to the Athens community. And he said that some of that money will definitely be allocated to helping the unhoused community and those who serve them. So like organizations like Bigger Vision or the Athens Area Homeless Shelter. So that money is going to help them a lot. It's going to help them be able to potentially expand their services to help more people. But these organizations, including places like Food for Lives Athens, also need itemized donations like tents, blankets, foods, just so that they can continue to do the work that needs doing. And, you know, honestly, they need more guidance still. So they got a uh, uh, instructions about how to safely social distance and, and provide sanitation um, for these unhoused individuals, but they need vaccines too. So it, it's going to be a long going before they're up to full capacity and before they're able to get back to the way it was before the pandemic, but they're doing great work and they need our help. Great, Sydney. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Next, we have opinion contributor Elise Kim, an Asian-American student at UGA who wrote a piece on the increase in anti-Asian sentiments over the past year and her thoughts about the situation. Elise, thanks so much for coming on. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So violence and hostility towards people of Asian descent has drastically increased across America. Can you share some instances when this occurred in our society over the past year? Yeah, so over the past year, we've seen a huge increase in hate crimes against people of Asian descent um, in most major American cities. So it's actually increased by almost 150%, which is an outrageous number. And it's really sad and scary to hear, especially being half Asian myself. Sometimes I worry about if something like this could happen to me or to my family. But one of 
the instances that really upset me was in Texas, there was a man who stabbed three members of an Asian American family while they were shopping in Sam's Club. And two of those members were children. One of them was two years old and the other was six years old, but that didn't stop him. And he did admit later that he did it because he thought they were Chinese and he thought that they were infecting people with the coronavirus. So that was really hard to read. Another group of stories that was really upsetting for me personally was all the stories about the mistreatment of Asian American medical professionals. So my dad is a doctor and I've heard lots of stories of doctors and nurses of Asian descent being verbally abused or spat on by patients. And there have also been a lot of instances where patients have refused their care. So that's definitely something that was very present in my mind when I was writing this article. Share with me how this fit into the way Asian Americans are seen as the model minority group. Yeah, so for anyone who hasn't heard of it before, the model minority myth is basically the idea that Asian Americans are kind of the example minority group and that all other minority groups should be looking up to them or taking after them, especially as far as assimilating into American culture and being successful. So this mindset is extremely hurtful because it puts people of color and minority groups up against each other when they should really be supporting each other and backing each other up because a lot of them do have like shared lived experiences. It also ties into the issue of hate crimes and the recent anti-Asian sentiment in this country because it promotes stereotypes, for example, that all Asians are smart or successful, but also shy and kind of submissive. And I know that in a survey that was done, they found that Asian Americans are the group that's most likely to underreport things to the police. So things such as hate crimes, for example. And this is probably partly due to that model minority myth and the idea that in order to be successful and to continue being seen as that model minority, people of Asian descent have to keep quiet about problems that they're facing and any type of discrimination that they see in their lives and just kind of keep their heads down, do their own thing and like push through their issues on their own. And it also can cause them to kind of downplay their experience with prejudice or it can cause that oppression that they experience to be overlooked. So it's definitely a big problem and it's something that isn't talked about enough, I think. What do you hope people will take away from your column? I think that the main thing that I want people to take away from my article is that these words that come from people in positions of power are really impactful and they do have serious consequences for certain groups of Americans. Back in 2016, we saw a similar issue with the way that Trump was talking about Mexican Americans and the kind of things that he was labeling them as and how he was using them as scapegoats for a lot of the issues in our country at the time. So I guess I just really hope that people start to understand that when we're faced with certain challenges like these as a country, it's important to work together to find a solution rather than turning on each other and trying to assign blame to different groups or different people. Because it's 2021, I think there's no room for racism or prejudice of any kind if we truly want to make any kind of progress in this country. Thanks so much, Elise, for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed talking about this with you. And that was The Front Page. The Front Page is a production of the Red and Black Publishing Company. This episode was co-produced by Sydney Dangramon, Elise Kim, and myself, Sarah Detweiler. The Front Page is sponsored by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to grab your paper, and we hope you tune in next time.